and welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. In tonight's programme, we're going to be looking at so-called 15-minute cities and 20-minute uh, neighbourhoods with Mike Bull. The idea is supposed to enable people living in cities and suburban communities to access six essential functions within a 15 or 20-minute walk or bike ride from wherever they live. This includes things like healthcare, education, entertainment and, and shopping, etc. I mean, the idea is gaining some traction in uh, some parts of the world. And so on the face of it, actually, it sounds like a, a good idea. So what we want to talk about this evening is the, uh, you know, what the downsides are, because it's caused some controversy. I'm going to bring in Mike uh, now uh, to just tell us, first of all, Mike, if you can, about your story and, uh, you know, what happened. And because people watching this evening may have seen the, the footage. I think it's gone viral. I think we were saying before we went on air, it's had something like a quarter of a million views where there was a public meeting where this idea was being considered. And there was, uh, I think it was, it was a town hall, village hall, uh, which was absolutely packed. Uh, and Mike was one of the leading spokespeople uh, in that uh, meeting. And I think it would be helpful, Mike, if you could maybe just sort of set out, you know, what the plan was uh, from the point of view of your neighbourhood uh, and why it caused such controversy in the local community. Because, I mean, often it's difficult to get you know, well-attended public meetings, but that was standing room only. And it's, if anybody hasn't seen the uh, the video uh, yet, it's well worth a watch. It's a real good example, in my opinion, of sort of people power, really. It's kind of real grassroots democracy in action. So, Mike, over to you. Just, just tell us a bit about your story and, you know, and what happened and, uh, and particularly that meeting, etc. OK, thank you, Chris. Yeah, good evening to you and good, uh, good evening to the viewers. Um, our story started primarily sort of like... Um, uh, sort of early February, um, we become aware uh, there had been a press release in the uh, Eastern Daily Press, uh, which is our county newspaper, and said that Thetford, um, well, the Norfolk as a county had been um, chosen to uh, consider uh, investigation and research into the 20-minute uh, neighbourhoods. Um, other other cities are having 15-minute cities, but more rural, they're tending to go 20-minute neighbourhoods. So um, this obviously sparked alarm bells from us because many, I personally haven't been down to Oxford. I, I wasn't able to go on the day that they went, but many people from Thetford have been down to Oxford. So they've experienced the spoken to the people down at Oxford as to how the uh, plan that's been put in place down there has affected them dramatically. So as soon as we heard that, we kind of got together with a stand in the park, um, which uh, is a, there's obviously been running pretty much since the pandemic started. Um, so the members of the stand in the park got together, uh, one particular member, which we're very grateful to, um, got some leaflets printed out, which we were able to distribute. And then um, it, it became aware that it grabbed momentum, that uh, we basically sort of like highlighted the downside to the 20 minute neighbourhoods and brought it to people's attention. And it really did grab traction so much so that obviously we... Um, we went to the council meeting. The initial meeting was at the uh, the town hall, if you like, for uh, the council offices in Thetford. But there were far too many of us. It was considered a health and safety risk. So we relocated, um, or the council relocated, uh, up to the Thomas Paine uh, Hotel, which is uh, obviously fairly poignant with being the rights of man. Um, yeah, he of was He's from Thetford. So uh, it, we went up there, and that was where the challenge was actually filmed. So it was actually at the uh, Thomas Paine Hotel in Thetford. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Well, just tell us what those downsides are then, uh, if you can, Mike. Well, the downsides generally, to be honest with you, are the, um, as we see it, and it's becoming more and more evident in, in most areas that they look to investigate and research. And I think there are two key things that we need to come back to in a little while, because we can actually sort of like challenge those now, um, the, the investigation and research. I mean, there's so much has gone on behind the scenes and the council wasn't aware that we would establish it, but I have established it and there's, you know, there's there's significant things that are put in place now. Funding for one, um, lies, complete lies, with regard to the fact that it's investigation research. I have absolutely no doubt, Chris, that this is going ahead. This is going ahead. This is planned for Norfolk, and they're they're using the investigation and research in order to bring it in in a stealth manner. But you know, we've put a spanner in the works there as residents of Thetford. We certainly put a spanner in the works because we've guessed them, we second guessed them. And um, you know it's 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 yeah it's got it's got to stop the downsides as I see it to be honest with you they they come in with the, the sugar on the tongue 
like any medicine, it's always sugar-coated to take the taste of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the bitter taste is that we will be punished uh, as motorists because, obviously, you have to understand that the 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes either way. So 10 minutes to go to your local community, to go, everything is available within 10 minutes of your own uh postcode area if you like so when they say 20 minute neighborhood then that's a kind of re that's a return journey then oh yeah, yeah, yeah no that's 10 minutes either way. and by cycle oh, by cycle or by foot so I see, I see. You know, it's it negates the but they're they're quite clever i mean this is this is a typical government corporation scam there's no two yeah. ways about that because they said well you've got a choice but you know the, the choice is you either walk and cycle and don't pay a fine or take a car and pay a fine. Well, that's no right. choice. That's outrageous. No, no. You know, that's an no, invasion no. of civil liberties, but using a loophole that they think they can use. But that's yeah. a, no way. Absolutely no way. What was, what was the reaction of people in Oxford? Because you live in a sort of relatively sort of rural, so, 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 so semi-rural area, and you were saying it's kind of a 20-minute uh, neighbourhoods for uh, rural communities and this sort of 15-minute city mm. idea for, for obviously for cities. Um, Oxford is a is a city. Um, I just want. I mean, do you think it lends itself more to cities than than rural areas? And it, but but it was a. You spoke to people. You were saying in Oxford, and obviously that is a city. And they they were seemingly just as concerned as you were. So what were the sort of complaints that that they were articulating when you spoke to them, Mike? I think it was the fact that they were, um, I mean, firstly, let me tell you that this doesn't fit a city, it doesn't fit a town. This cannot right. happen and this should not happen because this is, you know, this is a, a breach of our freedoms of movement. You know what I mean? So uh, wholeheartedly, this this is, you know, I will never agree to it occurring anywhere because, you know, humanity says that, you know, and certainly my moral compass is too aligned to allow this to happen anywhere. But the, the, the feedback we get from Oxford is that people were able to make a, a relatively simplistic journey from their house to their work, from the house to the shops, et cetera, et cetera. But they've put planters in, they've put bollards in. And as usual, uh, you know, it doesn't take you long to go on the Internet and find it. But you've got members of the public, you know, I mean, these, these people, I mean, I just it beggars belief, really. But they're standing in the way of a car. And they're saying, you can't come down here because they believe the government, because they think they're doing the right thing, because they've been programmed beyond return. But the reality is it, it affects those people as well. All right. Maybe they don't own a car. Maybe they don't work further away. Maybe they can adjust their lives. But that's their choice. If they want to do that, that's fine. Get on and do it. But don't stand in the way of a car. Don't impede somebody. And, and think you're doing the right thing because you're on the bigger side. Because I tell you now, you are you people. I'll tell them straight. They're going to be on the wrong side of history. It sounds like it's it sounds like it's the divided uh, communities then, with some people strongly in support. What, what about? I mean, that's obviously Oxford that I think you're talking about there, where yeah. it's apparently been implemented. Mm -hmm. I mean, are the people support, supportive of the idea where you live, or is it more or less universal opposition? No, I don't think they are, to be honest with you. I mean, you, what we've got is we've got a lot of people that, dare I say it, are still fast asleep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they're, they're ah, that'll never happen, that'll never happen. Well, I, I, I say, wake up, it is happening. It is happening. And if you come to the party too late, all the food's going to be gone. So, yeah. you know, you need, to, you need to be there early days and you need to unite with us and you need to stand up against this. If yeah. not for you, for your children, for your grandchildren, yeah. you know, yeah. for your neighbours. But just, just do it. You have to defend this. Yeah, you have to defend this. It's it to do nothing is to consent, and I will never consent. I said that on the night yeah. of the twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't consent. You know, mm -hmm. show me an obligation. Show me a lawful obligation that I have to consent, and then we yeah. can start talking legal terms. But until that time, no way. I'll never put up with this. I know that the, uh, in the video, which I recommend people uh, what view it, and, and mm. perhaps Gaz could maybe put a link up on the uh, on the screen. Well, I mean, it's, it's available on the LSB LSB Film Productions. Yeah. Chris Brooks, yeah, there's a local guy here who's got his own YouTube channel, and that was right. Okay, on there. So yeah, but, yeah if anybody yeah. wants to see, yeah, it. I was going to say because in that video, I mean, I think they talk about consulate. I know that you uh, and the community there were giving the the councillors. Uh, a hard time because you know obviously they're elected to to represent people and they, they seemingly they'd consented something without actually you know going back and getting 
uh, approval from the people that they're supposed to represent. But I, I, I seem to remember in the video, it's, it's, a, it's a week or so, well, more than a week, it's a few weeks, actually, since I've seen the video. Okay. I seem to recall there was there was something in there where they were talking about, well, there'd been some consultation. I mean, has there been any consultation? And, uh, you know, what if, if so, what form did that consultation take? Well, firstly, no, there's been no consultation. And we were, okay, right, we were made right. aware of it from the UDP. And, and right. that was a month after, bearing in mind that the original decision, the, the policy had been proposed to the Norfolk County Council at a meeting on the 13th of December, 22. Right. We weren't right. made aware of it, or we weren't, you know, become aware of it from the 24th of January. So that was over a month. No, there's, there's been no consultation. You know, listen, when we when we had the meeting, we had a further meeting. Obviously, we discussed that the 30th of March. We had a further meeting at the Carnegie Rooms. And you know they sat there as blase as anything. And what we what we went there with is a challenge to the restrictions. What they gave yeah. us, and I should have predicted it really and planned it a little bit better. But they gave us well, there aren't going to be any restrictions. So it kind of I wouldn't say took the wind out of ourselves, but it kind of put us on the back foot. But I said to people, just let them talk then, because they will talk themselves into claims. There's no two ways about that. So then we give something to investigate. And then, and that's exactly what we did. And um, let me tell you now that that night they they lied through their teeth, lied through their teeth, and they on camera, on film. I mean, Tom McCabe, the CEO effectively of Norfolk County Council, said that he was going to send a letter through to say that there wouldn't be any restrictions imposed in Thetford, and uh, he would send that to the town council. It's never been received. I'm chasing it up now. The so when you say there wasn't going to be any restrictions, Mike, I mean, so what they're saying, they were going to introduce this idea, but they would just be you know, urging people just to, as it were, abide by the spirit of it, but there wouldn't be any penalties if they didn't then. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, that night, if, if, if you listen to Tom McCabe, Thetford won the postcode lottery because we're going to get all this fantastic infrastructure. We're going to get you know new schools, new shops, new doctors, new dentists. You won't have to wait. You won't have to do a Skype video to to see a doctor, you it, or a Zoom meeting, or whatever it is they do. But that's that's rubbish. That's absolute rubbish. They coughed it on the night. Sixty six million is what the figure that they gave us. Sixty six million pound in debt, Norfolk County Council. And you mm -hmm. think to yourself, well, hang on a second. Firstly, I wrote that down and I just just put an exclamation mark by it because I thought, right, let them run. So they did. But £66 million in debt. But bearing in mind, Chris, when they pay, when we all pay our council tax. We go to work, we earn money, and we pay council tax. But we pay that monthly. Mm. Well, across the county, I mean, you know, there, there, there is a significant sum of money is deposited to the council every month. How did they get, if it is £66 million, there's an inference, and I won't discuss the figures because obviously that at the moment is you know, still being investigated, but there's an inference it's significantly more. A lot, lot, lot more, hundreds of millions that they're in debt. And you kind of think to yourself, like, where are you going to get the money for the infrastructure? Well, the only thing you can do really is borrow further off the government and 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 an and interest we're gonna to have to pay. Mm -hmm. To me, I just look at it and I just think to myself, we we were visited by people who are in extremely high paid jobs. I mean, I've got yeah. an EDP, I've got an EDP link, Chris, which shows the top Norfolk councillors between 21 and 22 year for the financial side of things, there was nearly £6 million in wages paid. £6 million, Chris. And there's over 47 on £100,000 or more. For what? Mm -hmm. For what? That's our money. Mm -hmm. That's our money. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting into the council we we can't touch the government because they're they're effectively too far away and too big what we can do is move much closer to home and rip this norfolk county council a new one and we yeah. I, I have every intention of doing that i'm personally i'm looking to suspend my council tax and i'll put it into a separate account on the basis that i want them audited i want them to show me that my investment in their company is a worthwhile investment because at the moment it's not looking very good, and yes, I understand. I mean, I mean, local government finance, of course, has been under pressure because it's made up of a range of different sources. Uh, 
you know, the government grant, there's council tax and uh, and business rates and, and so on. And and I guess I've got government, I mean, the things that they, you know, there's kind of things like child care, uh, child protection, elderly care, social care, as well as, um, you know, highways. I mean, there's a lot of responsibilities that they have. I mean, where's the... So I have some sympathies, frankly, with you know, with local government, with the with the with the financing situation that they are in, the difficult uh, position that they've been put in by you know years of, of you know kind of underinvestment, really, and which is then you know felt felt by by people uh, you know ordinary residents on the on the ground. Of course, and council taxes been going up and up and up, and you know people are saying, well, what are we getting for that? Quite quite rightly, but I mean that's not just down to the council, of course. That's down to kind of you know, government uh, policy, but where's is the pressure for this coming from central government on to local government to say this is a good idea, this is the sort of thing you should be doing, or is it something that local government in Norfolk's case and Oxford's case, for example, that they've unilaterally decided this is a good idea, we're going to go and uh, you know implement this and push this idea upon local communities? I mean, do you know whether the government is pushing it or whether it's as I say, local government just deciding in Norfolk, in your case, that we're going to Push forward with this idea. I'll answer this question, then I'll just want to, if I can, just go back to your original statement that you just made there, because I've got some information for you that's going to be quite relevant, and I think we'll come okay, to go on, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. With regard to uh, where this is coming from, we know where it's coming from. Agenda twenty thirty, Klaus Schwab, WEF. I don't mind yeah. saying it. People are always, yeah. oh no, 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 that's a conspiracy theory. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. This is top down. This is well, the World Economic Forum isn't isn't a fantasy; it's a reality. You know, well, I mean, of course, it is. Yeah, and you've yeah. an agenda twenty thirty. You'll own nothing and be happy, people. Suck it up; it's happening. And and you know, so it's top down. The the council are implementing it because they're nothing more than puppets. You know, they're self interest puppets. They they're getting paid to implement it. They don't consider the wider plan. All they're thinking about is their pocket and and their and their company. So yeah, no, this is top down. This has been this has been planned for a long time. This goes along with, you know, like Jeff Meaning, a good good friend of mine that was at uh, Trafalgar. You know, CBD, uh, 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 sorry, the Central Bank of Digital Currency. Yeah, you know, yeah. CBDC. Yeah. Um, you know the the, the cameras... we, we discussed that, Mike, on this program actually two or three uh, episodes ago, actually about mm. the you know the, the worries about the CBDC. But yeah, sorry, to cut across. Yeah, yeah, no, there's no problem. So, in answer to your question, this is top down. There's no two ways about that. And obviously, right. you've got what is it? Maybe a hundred councils. You know, the UK 100, 100 councils are implementing the uh, system across the the country. But what I want to just do quickly, it was really interesting. It sparked a, an alarm bell with me because you mentioned about care being one of the biggest contributors in relation to council tax, adult care, yeah. child care and everything else. Right. Let me just introduce you to Norse, N-O-R-S-E. Norse is a company, OK, has 10,000 employees across the UK. It's worth £115 million. It's uh, got Norse Care Services, Nord Ro Norse Road Services, Norse catering, Norse waste management, Norse transport, Norse infrastructure. Uh, and I keep saying Norse because that's a key word in this. So they land acquisition, uh, refurbs, new builds, etc., etc. But guess what? That company showed last year a very, very small loss, very small. 100% owned by Norfolk County Council, the lead councillor, Andrew Proctor, sits on the board of directors. The other lead councillor, Andrew Wood, who's the chairman of Adnam's Owls at Southwold, sits on the board of directors. They're lining their pockets, people. They're lining their pockets. That's what they're doing. They're feeding themselves with our money. Norse is sitting there quite happy, and Norse is ready to be used as an infrastructure company for the 20-minute neighbourhoods. Now it all starts to make sense. Well, it's a tragedy, really, I think, what's happened to local government. I, mean, I used to be in local government myself. I was a leader of the council in Derby. And, and I rolled out a, what we referred to as a neighbourhood agenda, whereby we, and I brought, actually, other public services on board as well. And we were essentially putting local communities in the driving seat. So the idea was to consult with local people in uh, each local area uh, and to give real power to communities over what the priority should be in each neighborhood because in a city like derby which is, isn't particularly that spread out it is relatively you know small city but even so 
from one end of Derby to another, uh, there are very different priorities in that sense. And I was very passionate about the fact that local people should determine what the priorities of public spending should be. They know what the real concerns are and issues are in their locality. And I was also keen to make sure that it wasn't just the council that was being steered by local people. It was other public services as well. So the health service and the police and the fire and rescue service, etc. You know, that, the, the idea worked, worked, I think. I mean, you know, we weren't, we didn't get a chance to fully develop it because of, you know, the political vagaries and the Labour Party, which I was used to be a member of then. Uh, and Gordon Brown was very unpopular. And, uh, you know, we got caught in the, uh, you know, in the, uh, the slipstream of, of that, really. And so that programme, we weren't able to develop it as much as we wanted to, to do because, as I say, there ended up being a change in uh, the leadership of the authority. But the principle, though, in my opinion, I don't know what you think about this, should be the, this whole kind of neighbourhood approach. That, that should be the way, in my opinion, public services should operate or, you know, throughout the land in that sense, because we should be, because in the end, they're supposed to be being delivered on behalf of local people. But it seems to me that they're ending up, what we've, ha- what we've seen is that public services have been externalised. We've seen these uh, arms length companies being established, like you've just mentioned, in Norfolk, North, etc. I mean, that's quite common now. Uh, and then you've just uh, wholesale, you know, not even companies which have got any connection with the council, where services are just farmed out to the private sector to, you know, make 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 profit out. I mean, you know, we see this across, you know, across the public sector, uh, not just in terms of local government. You know, you only have to look at the utilities and the massive profits that the energy companies are making, yeah, yeah. which used to be in public ownership, the water industry and so on and so forth. You know, massive leaks, huge bills, the energy companies, you know, uh, huge bills and poor quality service, massive dividends for shareholders and railway companies. So th- this has been an agenda that's been ongoing for, for 40 odd years. And it's, it's being you know, develop still further now from what you're saying, it seems to me anyway, with this approach now that's being being rolled out. And you're absolutely right, I think, to to highlight the whole issue around the, uh, you know, this kind of top-down World Economic Forum. And it's not a conspiracy theory to actually say that. I mean, this is, you know, a tactic, I think, which is used by the establishment, used by the powers that be to dismiss people as cranks, as conspiracy theorists. But, you know, conspiracies do exist you know, conspiracies do happen. And, you know, we're seeing this in real time in terms of, you know, what, look, we're the fifth biggest economy in the world. And yet we've got people sleeping on the street. You know, we've got people in poverty, people unable to put food on the table, people unable to heat their homes uh, properly. And then we're seeing, you know, schemes like this coming into being, which is going to, on the face of it, help people, but they're actually going to penalise people with 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 fines and so on, as you, as you point out. What sort of fines are they uh, being subjected to or implementing in Oxford that you where, where it's actually already happening? Well, I mean, the, the the system of fines at the moment is obviously from the AMPR cameras, so automatic number plate recognition cameras. So if you're if you're driving a vehicle. Uh, I believe it's. I mean, there was a, a program on last night when they were on the BBC with uh, Panorama. It was um, it was uh, Road Wars neighbourhood, and um, yeah, yeah. And, you know they were talking the amounts. I, I, I don't really know. I'm, I mean, I know Birmingham uh, was subjected to a very similar uh, scheme. Yeah, um, yes, yeah. But, but thousands of people, and this is where the the strength is. Thousands of people went. No, I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it. Yeah. That, I don't agree with it. I didn't consent to it. I don't want it. You know, I'm not going to pay. I'm not contributing. And this is where I can't stress enough that people need to do this with council tax because we're funding the beast. We're feeding the beast. We're actually funding our own demise. Every time you put that money, withhold the money and we will start to make some inroads into them. At the moment... Well, I mean, there's a good there's a good tradition for that. I mean, going back, you know, many, many years, you know, to, to, to rent strikes in Glasgow and so on, we've got to profiteering landlords housing people in substandard accommodation and, you know, rent strikes were were uh, were led up. I mean, people ended up being imprisoned, you know, for leading these rent strikes, but it did actually bear some fruit. And, I mean, I guess if people are going to do that, I think it would be a good idea to make sure you actually set that money aside somewhere so that, you know, if in the fullness of time you end up having to, you know, you've got it, you've got it. I mean, but of course, the problem is, for, you know, for a lot of people, you know, they're, they're up against it with massive energy bills and one thing and, and another. But what are the local... Um, Councillors saying because I mean uh, there were one there was at least one I think at that at that meeting are they 
I mean, are they receptive to what you're saying? I mean, are they saying, well, we'll, we'll you know, we'll come on board and we'll, we'll actually take up your your case or what, what are they saying? Well, they're saying that at the moment, but I mean, we're in mid, you know, mid campaign for an election on the 4th of May. So they'll uh, say of course, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I suppose so, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to tell the truth at this stage, but ultimately, Chris, that's what happened in Oxford. Pre-election, no, 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 no. Post-election, there you go, you've got it. It's yours. And I think one of the councillors was quite blatant to say, you know, I mean, you know, you're getting it, whether you want it or not, you're getting it. But that was one really? thing that seat secure for four years. Well, to me, it's just, you know, that, that you know, that can't happen. That can't happen. Are these county council elections that you're talking about or town council elections? Well, this is town, yeah, town and town and district. This is a, a I moment. see town district, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, count, yeah. the county, I believe, they've got another two years to go before that. So, right, right. Yeah, okay, God knows yeah. what sort of state we're going to be in by then. Even if there is a council, I personally, you know, I mean, it's a massive way down the road. But you know, I'm all for a local community council. You know what I mean? Yeah. Start making your own decisions. I'm looking into at the moment and I'm actively, but you've got to understand I'm, I'm trying to work to pay my bills if, uh, and also yeah. do this as well. So it's, it's not a full-time occupation for me, but it seems like it at the moment, obviously. And I'm happy to do that. I don't, I don't have an issue, but where I don't always get the chance to speak to these people, but I'm looking at a community trust fund, like a, right. um, a yeah, a community trust fund, but basically be what it is. Um, and then we can, we can start paying into it. Now, just on that note, we've got 13 people. We managed to get 13 independent um, electees, if you like, for want of a better term, to sit on the town council elections. Okay. And eight of those will become uh, district councillors. Um, and I'm right. hoping I'm out, I'm out tomorrow um, uh, with a friend of mine, Christian Steele, and we're hitting um, very areas of our town. It won't make any difference to where they are, but we're hitting areas of our town and we're all putting leaflets out. And we're not oh, so you've got you've got people standing for election, then, have you? Yeah, yeah, we've got 13, 13 independent. Right, and right, never, right, right, right. It's never happened. So you can see the community spirit that we've got. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. We're, and we're keeping that momentum up, definitely Good. keeping that momentum up. And we're, we're trying to set a, a scene and a standard and a model for other people to follow. Well, of but, course. I mean, I think, if, you know, if you can get some people uh, elected, then that will, I think, encourage, inspire other communities who might be subjected to similar schemes or other schemes mm. but you know you don't just have to accept no, no, what no. is given you know you can fight back and then, yeah, I mean, are you getting a good reception on the doorstep uh, and from the community yeah 100% yeah I mean we you know obviously you've still got the labour rights so I appreciate that and you've yeah. still got the people who are Tory that are through and through but you know yeah but definitely without a doubt I mean the, the support and for those that are watching tonight, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to you because obviously, like without your um, support, I wouldn't have the inspiration to carry on at times. No, no, it, it's, it's a you know, it's a tough journey, but you know, we we pull together. Our community is a strong community, and people because yeah. people are now starting to they're starting to smell a rat. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Whilst a lot of people would turn around and go, well, you know, just just let them go. No, our arms are open. Come and see us. Yeah. Come and do the stand in the park on a Sunday. Help us ten. Stand in the park down by the light cinema. That will know people locally will know more um, about that. But yeah, come and see us there, and then yeah. meet us maybe on a Thursday night. We go up to the Thomas Payne, um, which is effectively like our little headquarters now, and we go up there and we we discuss the week's events. And um, yeah, there's a massive community spirit. If I go shopping in the town, people are like, you know, they want to come up, shake your hand. Well done. You know, we're with you. We're with you. And I say, if you are with me, then put your name in the box. Take yeah. your ID because you've got to have the ID for voting this year. I know. I know. And that's another bloody thing, which is, again, a knock against our democracy. It's uh, There you go. To... There's your choice. You've got, yeah. well, we're giving you a choice. You can vote, but you must bring voter ID. Yeah. And, yeah. and it isn't that well publicised. It no, really, no, indeed. They're, they're yeah, not going yeah. to, are they? You turn up there and you go, I want to, I want to vote. Okay, have you got your photo ID? No, I haven't. Oh, sorry, clock's running. This is all designed to suppress uh, voter participation and uh, to basically, you know, sustain the status quo. Again, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's, frankly, it's the sort of thing that the Republicans have done for generations in the United States. It's very much out of that playbook to, you know, suppress, particularly in that case, you know, the black vote in uh, in the south of uh, the US in particular. Okay. And it seems that, you know, they're sort of following a, you know, a similar vein 
with this idea. Um, but definitely, if you look, if you can get people elected, and even the fact that you know you're putting people up, I think that will be encouraging to others that you know you you can fight back and you can you know push back against the you know the, the beast, as it were, you know the the establishment. Uh, and definitely, if you can get people uh, elected, I mean that will be a, a great boost, not just for you locally, I think, but I think it will encourage people elsewhere in the country. I mean, and I mean just for the benefit of people outside of your, your area who are watching tonight and who may watch the the program or listen to the podcast uh, afterwards okay. where can people get in touch with you, you i mean or the campaign as it were so that they can get some ideas from what you've done and maybe learn from the things that have gone well for you and, and if, you, if there's any mistakes that you might perhaps might make you know i think imparting that information is really good because we, we really need to build in my opinion that we we need to rediscover that sense of social solidarity because particularly more recently we've been atomized as communities you know people working at home all sounds very nice and so on but you know you, you become very isolated shopping online you know again you're very isolated that that sense of communing with with other people in your community etc um is being lost and that you know suits the likes of the world economic forum because if we're all atomized and we're all you know beaving away in our own home or whatever shopping online working on working from home and so on you know, you've not got that chance then to, to build a campaign, to build solidarity, because you're all isolated. And so I think, you know, campaigns like yours are really inspiring. As I say, you know, to see people, the number of people that you that you mobilised to come to that, to that meeting, I think, was, was, was wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, is there, a, is, there a, is there an email address or a, uh, or a um, uh, social media handle that you can give us that we can encourage people to contact you on? I I personally been obviously I'm on Messenger, um, and I regularly check and and go through those because I get message requests come through. Well, obviously yeah. if it, if it's a normal chat and I know the person, it will come through in a different thing. Me, but I I actively search through my message requests and I do. Is link that on Facebook? That is, is that Facebook. Yeah, Facebook yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm on there, but obviously I'm on there as Mike Ball B U W L. Um, and yeah. anybody anybody. You know, anybody wants to ask me, but you've got, you've got various other people that are on there as well. I mean, obviously, I'm only one member of the community. I can't yeah. hold the crown for this, and, uh, yeah. and I certainly don't hold the crown. We're, you know, we've got a huge torch, and we've got lots of hands on it. And um, you know, all, I, all I did on that night, really, to be honest with you, was uh, put the challenge in. I was asked to speak and do the challenge, and I, I didn't have a problem with that. Moral courage has never yeah. been an issue for me, so I, yeah. I did that. And it and it and it lit the fuse, and we've all got fire in our bellies. There's no two ways about that. This oh, community... you can see that, mate. If you watch the video, that's pretty obvious. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. great to yeah. see, you know. And um, and we've got some great people, as I said earlier. You know, you got Bob Says. I was down at uh, Trafalgar with doing the speech down yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Jeff Meehan. You know, there's, there's there is so many. Mark Taylor. I, I could go yeah. on and on and yeah. on. They know who they are, and I'm grateful that I've, I'm on the you know I'm on their team. But I am just yeah. one team member. But I'm more than happy yeah. to. I'm more than happy to ask, uh, sorry, answer any questions. Um, I had a, a lady last night um, asking, you know, we're, we're in a similar position, but I can't seem to wake up the community. And I said, right, yeah. what you've got to do really, you've got to try and unite them, but try low level. Don't go in yeah. there with World Economic Forum. Don't go in there with Agenda 2030. Go low yeah. and, and start, yeah. start bringing to the fore, really, how they're going to be disadvantaged. Because ultimately, yeah. everybody's going to be disadvantaged. There's no yeah, choice yeah, yeah. And that was my speech at uh, Trafalgar. It, it was kind of ad-libbed, and you'll see that I dry up a little bit on there, which uh, two things. That was in awe of the crowd, because obviously, I mean, you know, six, seven weeks ago, Chris, I was just a normal guy on the street. I'd never done public yeah. speaking before. And no, then suddenly, no, no. seven, eight weeks later, I'm standing at Trafalgar, honoured yeah, by yeah. the chance, but unhumbled by the chance. But, you know, it took me by surprise, the actual scene. No, no. And it was sure, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody was looking at you, waiting for... Oh, I know, I know, I know. Well, public speaking, you know, I mean, they say it's, it's one thing that, you know, people do get most anxious about, interestingly, you know. So I think if you can master that, then, you know, and obviously you're a very articulate, great, you know, speaker and very engaging. Thank um, you. You know, mastering that, uh, I think, you know, is, is, is something that, you know, will, will stand the campaign 
in great stead. So basically, if people search for you on Facebook, then Mike Mike Bull on Facebook, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and they can message you message you there. You haven't got a, a campaign account or anything like that set up then on Facebook or anything yet. We haven't really, to be honest with you. I mean, at, at the moment, we've got a twenty minute uh, neighbourhood challenge community, which we've I set up a, a or a Pete Dive, a friend of mine, he helped me set it up because I wasn't familiar with it. As I say, this is all remarkably new to me. And yeah, of course. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, Mike, I mean, you know, you're new at it and, you know, see, they do some great stuff already. Um, and it's that sense of, of solidarity and, and, you know, and building the campaign locally mm. and, and nationally and, and getting support and encouragement, I think, from each other. That's uh, what I think will stand, you know, campaigns like this. And not just for this issue, because I think there's spin-off benefits for lots of other things, really, just in terms of, you know, how public services are organised across the piece, really, you know, and this point I was making earlier about, you know, the whole kind of neighbourhood agenda. Why aren't local people? Why isn't it a matter of course that local people are in the driving seat determining what the local priorities are for their neighbourhood, rather than that being determined by some faceless bureaucrat in the town hall or in, or in Whitehall? But um, let me just bring in uh, Sean, because we're running uh, towards the end of the programme. I know you've got yeah. another uh, function to, to be. Let me no, just bring no, in no, Sean no. then, just to see what uh, the uh, comments or questions we've had on the chat whilst we've been speaking. Hi, Sean. Hi, Mike. Um, once again, thank you very much for, for joining us this evening. My pleasure. It, thank it, you very much. It's a fascinating subject and uh, one that I, I feel, I, I found it through YouTube. I, I found your viral video, um, which I thought, I, I saw you speak and just thought, you know, it's amazing uh, that this community is coming together and it's, it's a real... Um, you know, opportunity for other communities uh, to take, um, you know, to look at what you're doing and to do that for themselves. Um, we need more of it um, in this country, to be quite honest. Um, I just want to thank the people in chat. We've had some great comments um, and questions. Um, if I can ask the people in chat to just take a minute to like um, the uh, the program like the page um, give us a thumbs up and if you like what we do here click the su subscribe button and uh, come back uh, we're here live every Wednesday. Um, actually John um, who is one of our regular viewers he's uh, dropped a couple of questions actually he okay. says has it been considered that the degraduation of public freedom in the overall cause of population supplies reduction for the sake of elite ideas of control um, I think he's talking Talking about, um, you know, over the last couple of years, certainly over COVID and since then, um, the, the the supplies that the supply chain that we've we've had going on this in this country um, has been questionable hasn't it to, to say the least we've had we've had a lack of well it started with the lack of toilet paper didn't it and then it was construction supplies and eggs and all sorts of things um do you think that all of that and, and what's happening now with the 20 minute cities is all to do with with um sort of the elites wanting control over the population um and and doing that that's why they're reducing our our supplies and uh, trying to reduce us um you know confine us more into our immediate communities definitely without a doubt they need us dependent on them you know if we're if we're self-sufficient then we're, we're no real you know we you know we're not gonna uh, comply we need they need us dependent so what they're going to do is obviously they're going to start hitting um and they already have i mean you go to tesco's certainly at thetford you go to tesco's there's no eggs on them oh no bird flu avian flu you know you go oh okay well i'll go and get some meat no oh, meat's in short supply you know there's this there's that it, they've done it for years i mean mad cow disease you know uh, as i said avian flu is this isn't the first time it's come out they have controlled the distribution and the network and the supply they, they can do that. And the problem is, is these people like Tesco's, et cetera, et cetera, they will buy into it and they will comply. You know, the chances are there's a, a farmer somewhere that's got a load of eggs he can't sell because nobody will take them off him. They go, oh, no, 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 it's too high a risk because they're all propaganda through the media. So, yeah, in answer to his question, yeah, they, they, they control the whole distribution and supply chains. There's no two ways about that. And they're very powerful. I mean, they, when a when a supermarket can go to a farmer and say, right, this is what we'll pay, and we see it all the time. I mean, more often, you know, 
little things like you, you see it with reduction of grants. I mean, Clarkson's Farm was a classic example that opened my eyes to farming. I'm, I'm from a, a farming county, but I'm not from a farming community. So, but I looked at that and I thought, well, 82,000. I know I remember him and Charlie sitting there and said, 82,000 pound grant has been taken away. Well, that, that's massive. That The impact on that farmer and his, his barley, his wheat, his, his produce, whatever he produces, whether it's livestock, dairy, or or uh, uh, arable, it wouldn't make it make any difference. If you're going to get started impacted from Westminster to your farm, then who who does that? Who's got control of that? It's obvious. You know the system controls you. There's no choice about that. We are controlled by the system, and they turn the tap on, they turn the tap off. You know I mean, yeah, I've, I've got no doubt. I've got no doubt in my mind that suddenly there'll be an influx of eggs. And there'll be, you know, because, oh, yeah, bird flu's over now. Do you know what I mean? So it's all uncertainty. They live and they breed uncertainty into our lives. Well, sometimes yeah. you've, just got, you've got to be a little bit more um, questioning and maybe a little bit more perceptive as to the, the system they use. And then when they do it, I mean, I move in circles where they go, oh, did you see that on the news? And they go, no, no. What was that distracting us from? Because that, yeah. that's what they're doing. Don't look over here, look over there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you on that one, Mike. Yeah, so, so in answer to his question, I know I'm long-winded, but yeah, definitely, without a doubt. That's elite yeah. down, that's World Economic Forum down. Yeah. Without a doubt, they're, they're controlling and, the And just also expanding a bit on that, um, it's not just the um, grants that the farmers were relying on from, uh, from the European Union, which they were promised that if we came out of, of the EU, they would continue giving those grants. But at the end of the day, it's the supermarkets who are driving the prices. They're paying an absolute pittance. I think the last time I looked, the supermarkets were paying something like two pence a pint for milk. And when you consider the amount of work um, and the amount of money that goes into keeping the cows, looking after the cows, um, you know, milking them, etc., they can't the farmers can't live on two pence they can't supply a country with those um with the food that, that we need um on those small amounts of money but who is benefiting at the end of the day it's the shareholders it's the shareholders from you know supermarkets from you know tesco sainsbury's etc um they're the ones that are, are cashing in and making all the money at the end of the day um mm. and that's something that i you know i know Chris is a vegan, but, um, you know, it's something, you know, it's a food supply chain issue and it's something that that needs uh, consideration. Um, the other question that John came up with, uh, who is going to enforce the agenda? I'm aware here and there, the farmers in the Netherlands, etc., the reattribution of land use, the reattribution of person and their value. Um, I'm not quite sure what he means by the reattribution of land use. Um, but his ultimate question is, who, who's going to control all of this? And do people have, you were talking about consent, Mike. I want you to expand on that a bit, because I think that's really important. We were supposed to have uh, Ruth Scomley on tonight, uh, and she talks yeah. about common law, and that's all about consent. Um, and if you haven't got a contract with somebody, then you haven't consented, and therefore it's not common law. Can you, can you expand on that a bit? So it was, the, the question from John was, um, who controls it and then if you could just expand on that a little with re with regard to who controls it i mean <laughs> land land i think this is how i see it looking at agenda 2030 i think land will eventually be seized back and it will be rented back to people um so i think ownership of land i think will become almost a thing of the past you know, the the system will seize its land back because i mean ultimately when you look at like a house you know, although you own the house, you have title of deed to the land that the house sits on. So effectively, if they if they want to take that land back or for some reason, which I, I think my understanding, I've not gone too deep into this because obviously I've been busy on other stuff. But when I look at the title deed on a property, you have to apply for planning permission to extend or change or alter your house. Well, if you own that house outright, why should you have to do that? You've got to ask yourself. Well, they're, they're, again, it's the system of control, isn't it? And when you when you look at different aspects, I mean, farming and land and and everything else, I think 
they've got more control if they own or take the land and seize the land and then rent it back to you because it's then their land and they can do what they you can do what they want you to on that land do you see what i'm saying so i think yeah. if if that is what is john is what's it i don't really understand his, his his question in the terminology but if it is about you know take it taking something away and then letting you have a little bit back then not be funny but we've had three years of that haven't we we took away your liberties and then you can have 20 minutes back but there's the thing isn't it 20 minutes exercise exercise 15 minutes from your house there's your conditioning ready for what we're going through now get used to it just shop locally stay at home save lives protect this protect that all done on guilt and and nothing more than that but we see where it's all coming into fruition now from the system and the system has basically spent the last three years indoctrinating and programming people and and it's done a you know a, a fantastic job with regard to the with regard to what you were saying a little while ago about the the, the, the two-tier system, with when you look at farming, what they did is they gave them that 82,000. They said, here you go, there's 82,000 pounds. So what you've got is you've got one column here sitting 82,000. Well, over here, you've got the, the, the item that you're selling, but you're not wholeheartedly how much that, worried about how much that sells for at the minute because in this bank, you've got 82 grand. So what they do is they're very clever. So what they, they start reducing this price down, but they they go, oh, you know, we'll reduce this down, but we'll give you another 5,000 here. So you go, oh, okay, yeah, that's not too bad. And then this gets lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And then suddenly this is gone. And you go, well, hang on a minute. I can't live on what you've, oh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. The grants have stopped now. But yeah, but column B is real low. I've got no money. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. And that's what they're doing. And that's where people need to wake up and see the bigger picture because there's always a motive. There's a motive with the council. There's a motive with the government. There's always a motive. And that motive is never, never going to be on your side. That is never with your best interest. They will say it is, of course. They will say that because, because they lie. You know, we've had three years of lies and it's all starting to come out now and they're starting to panic and things are escalating and getting faster. And you can see that by the different implementation and and the way they're doing it in the media. But you know, the whole just on your point about who owns uh, uh, about own land ownership in, in Britain, I mean, there's a really good book by Kevin Cahill, I think his name is, uh, called "Who Owns Britain." I mean, the truth is that the vast bulk of Britain is still owned by the landed gentry, uh, and mm-hmm. they control uh, you know vast swathes of of land um uh, and some and sometimes in you know very lucrative uh, locations like uh uh what's it called the duke of uh, westminster i mean he owns a large tracts of london and and you know <laughs> rents out properties and, and, and brings in you know i mean it's kind of rentier rentier class so now that's a good book it's worth it's worth getting and uh <clears throat> you know it's not it's not kind of um owner occupiers who own their little plot of land. I mean, that's very, very tiny percentage of the actual uh, um, land mass of, of Great Britain that's owned by, you know, owner occupies in, in their own home. It's, you know, it's owned by the people who stole it in the bloody first place, actually, you know, uh, hundreds of, of years ago. And that's the sort of thing I think we need to be fighting back from. Sean, we're sort of about out of time. Is there any other further points that are pressing that we want to put to much? I know Mike's got somewhere else he needs to be as well. Uh, no, um, that's everything. Um, there's people still obviously making comments, but there isn't any right. further questions. Okay. Um, I've, okay. put, I've put the Thetford 20 Minute Neighbourhood uh, Facebook page in the chat. So ah, if anybody wants to, to go over there, um, <coughs> can do. Um, no, and if, if there's anybody, anybody watching who's in and around uh, the Thetford area, please go and support Mike and uh, the rest of the independents over there in their campaign. Um, to win back the council for the people. Great. Well, listen, uh, thanks very much indeed, Mike, for coming on this evening. Thanks, Sean, for your... Do you want to make a final comment? All I would say to people is, uh, if you get the opportunity to unite, it doesn't matter if there's one of you, if there's, you know, one more person is, you know, that, that then becomes two and it becomes four and, and so on and so forth. And you will grow. To anybody that's watching this and is a bit frustrated because their community appears to be asleep, search for people, but go in low level and you will suddenly find that there are people then, because what happens is people, 
they haven't maybe got the moral courage at the minute because they think they're going to be ridiculed or um, you know or discredited, which is basically what we've had for the last three years, and we've had definitely because obviously we've been labelled. Um, but we've risen above that, and we go. Well, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? At what point does a conspiracy theory become a, a prophet, and, and or a theorist become a prophet? Because that's what we're all out now. We're all guessing, and we're, we're guessing accurately. But my message to people is that if you are inspired by tonight, then just start having a look in your community, because I can guarantee you're not alone. You're definitely not alone, and you can you can then get with someone else and and it's refreshing because when you actually start speaking to people they go yeah yeah i've got to be honest i i, I think exactly the same as you do but i was always scared to come out then we've got yeah. a team of two and then you will suddenly get another four six eight ten and that's how a community grows you've got to grow it from from you know like they say from you know from small acres yeah. big oak trees grow and absolutely I well that's that's been, that's been a saying of mine you know our, our mission is to is to not just grow one Giant oak tree, but to grow a forest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of giant we Ultimately, we are the power that they fear. There's no two ways yeah. about that. They don't. Oh yeah, most certainly, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, that's why I think there was so much uh, effort put into uh, destroying the Jeremy Corbyn project because it did inspire a lot of people. Hundreds of thousands of people came together. And they thought there was a chance of really changing. Yeah, Britain. definitely. Uh, they're, and they're, uh, they're you know that. Their policy you know, they fear, they, fear, they fear people coming together. There's no doubt about that. And that's so, you know, I think your advice about doing well, what you've said, you said, you know, is, is, is absolutely spot on. Their policy is divide and conquer. Their, their policy is yes. divide and conquer. There's no choice about that. Well, we need to reverse that and go unite and defeat. And if we yes, use sure. yeah. we'll, we'll stop this. We could stop this effectively. Yeah, of course. We could, we could stop this tomorrow. If everybody yeah. got together and, yeah. and, and said, right, no more, just no more. Yeah, you know, what, what have they got? They've got nothing. They've got no, no, nothing. no, absolutely. But, but absolutely, they, you know that, that that notion of of solidarity, unity, of strength is absolutely apposite. And mm -hmm. you know, if people could just recognise the strength of their own collective power, then you know, just ordinary people are unstoppable because we are the ninety nine percent. But the British Empire was probably the most successful empire in history, and they succeeded through divide and rule. Uh, and the people that ran the British Empire, that, that, that class of people, they're, they're still in the ascendancy today. And so they use those tactics of divide and rule. And you're right, we need to, you know, undercut them. And what you say, starting frameworks from grassroots and, you know, just building, finding one other person, then, then it builds and then it builds. And as I say, I recommend people look at that, that, that video uh, about your experience and just show how powerful, you know, the community coming to be, together can really be listen mike thanks very much indeed for coming on tonight i really appreciate that uh, i hope you. people have found it interesting and we will certainly put the uh, the links i think as sean said we've already done that so hopefully that will generate some traffic in your direction uh, if people are interested yeah if people are interested obviously please feel free to to get in touch with mike he's, he's got an open invitation there for you to to get in touch and let, let's hope that it can grow and the very best of luck mike in the local elections let's hope you thank you very much Thanks for the opportunity. Cheers. No, Thanks, great, Mike. Mate. Okay, take care. Uh, and thank everybody. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching this evening. We'll be back at the same time next week at 7 o'clock on Resistance TV. So until then, this is Chris Williams saying good night.